welcome to Adam's Rib. It is our goal to uplift, encourage, and guide women in becoming the person that God intended for us to be. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for our sins and rose again so that we could have eternal life. We want to guide you in figuring out God's purpose for your life. No subject is off limits here. We are Adam's Rib, and here we go. Welcome to Adam's Rib. I'm Nichelle. And I'm Lindsay. And we are so excited to have you. We also have Brandon here with us. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> Brandon's problematic. <laughs> so this week, for any new listeners, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Feel free to visit our website, adamsribpodcast.com. And feel free to download the podcast on major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. So we're excited to have you all. You all? You all. Gals. I was going to say guys. I was going to say all. She's just putting out new words out here. (laughs) Today we are doing a women's empowerment episode where we'll talk about how God sees women, important women in the Bible. All of them. All of them. And just kind of encourage women in their strength, in their identity, in their freedom. Um, so we are happy to have Brandon on to give us a male perspective today. We'll try not to awesome chew him too. up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into this. Lindsay, do you have anything you want to say? How does God see women? Well, as I was looking, um, reading scripture about it, what I find interesting is all the encounters that Jesus specifically um, had with women. So, you know, we can start with um, uh, the women, the woman at the, the well with the water. And, you know, she's he's like, don't you have like five, 12 husbands? Whatever he said, don't you have five husbands and you laying up with one now? And like, he still ain't your husband. <laughs> that's shady. what he said. But it's. <laughs> but that's what it was. And I feel like, and you know, she wasn't supposed to be talking to him anyway because of the whole, you were Jew and you know, I'm this and da da da. I feel like he definitely could have just gave her her whole life up and down in that moment. And he didn't because he still saw her for who she was in Christ, who she was meant to be, and was like, yo, yeah, I'm thirsty, but if you have my water, you will never thirst again. And so he. I feel like he took that as just a moment for, for that woman. And then also, too, you got the nameless woman. I call her nameless, who was suffering from the issue of blood. And then, you know, according to the scriptures, for people who had those issues, they couldn't go out out into the crowd. They really couldn't even really really leave their home. Mm -hmm. And now she didn't touch Jesus, and she was healed on his touch. Mm -hmm. And again, he could have just banished her, like berate her. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. But he didn't. He's like, yo, who touched me? You know, go forth. You are healed. And so I just really like all these encounters. But my favorite, favorite one, I think we even talked about this one for Easter episode, how he selected Mary Magdalene, a woman, to be the first person, a woman, to witness his resurrection. Mm-hmm. I love that. The most, what I feel is the most historical moment ever, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just in life. And he selected a woman who, let's just be real, had a little issues. She's kind of a little crazy and, you know, <laughs> she had a little problems. But, <laughs> right, basically, 
had all these issues, whatever. But again, he like selected her and was like, you know, go forth, tell the disciples, you know, I'm here. And I did what I said I was going to do. Yeah. Especially then when a lot of women did, they don't have anything. They don't have rights. They can't do anything. I just mm-hmm. love how he selected a woman to see that. So as you can tell, I'm very passionate about that. But also, too, even in the beginning, when he created a woman equal to man. Everyone says, oh, he made Eve second. No, he made her second because he's, her role is to help man. But they are both equal because they are both made in God's image. And so I feel like that is the role that we have. I should say the role, but I feel like that is how God sees us. He sees us not for our flaws, not for our faults. He sees us in the image that he created us and we're meant to be, and that he doesn't judge us, that he doesn't berate us, but that he uses all these circumstances and all these things that we've gone through as a time of what I would like to call a teaching moment of growth and of like, yo, you did wrong, but I'm still the living water. You can still have eternal life. It's not too late. That was a long-winded answer, but Amen. that was but I, that's how powerful I, I feel like. <laughs> that's good. Brandon, what are your thoughts? Uh, Women in the Bible. You know, everybody knows the story about Lazarus, right? Nope. Tell Share. us the story about Lazarus. <laughs> For all we y'all that are listening. <laughs> so, Jesus had a friend <laughs> named oh. Lazarus. <laughs> And he ended up passing away. Four days later, Jesus went to his grave to resurrect him. And Jesus was proving a point to everybody that I am the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. But hey. in that, Lazarus, oh, God, in that, <laughs> Lazarus had <laughs> Mary and Martha, his sisters. Mm-hmm. So he. The way that he showed his compassion and proved the point to his sisters shows that he really cared for them. He could have went to anybody and addressed anybody at that grave when it was when everybody and all the people was there. But he addressed the two women that were closest to Lazarus, his mm-hmm. sisters. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And da, 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 da. Don't have no fear. <laughs> it's okay. I you got you. You don't see Brandon's face. He rolled his eyes. Bruh, fall like, back. I got okay. this. <laughs> I am here to set him free. I'm going to rise. He's going to rise again. But, Lord, he's been in the grave for four days. I'm pretty sure he's stinking and all right. this other stuff. Like, do you understand that I am the resurrection mm-hmm. of life. I got this and I got you. Have no fear. <laughs> and you know, but I'm not but, seeing his face right now. Yeah, but in all of that, mm-hmm. I like the fact that he was compassionate enough to give them hope, even in a dead situation. Mm-hmm. You know, literally, <laughs> it was a dead situation. Mm-hmm. And he gave them life by proving what he promised to them. Mm-hmm. He could have ignored what they were complaining about, but he reached out to them during the death situation to give them hope. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's good. I think we've covered this before um, in a women's group at the church. I think we did a lesson talking about how God views women. And so I wanted to, I think for me, the most frustrating part when we hear about women in the Bible is we love to talk about Ruth. And Esther. Dope chicks. And Martha. Dope chicks. And Mary. But they're not the only chicks. Go ahead. Like, that's <laughs> what we limit our knowledge of women to in the in the text. And so I did a little bit of research. And these are just fun facts 
won't read everything to you guys, but here's what I found. There were 11 women who were prophetesses in the Bible. Did y'all know that? No. 11. Miriam. Y'all know who Miriam is? No. I heard of her, but I never really you don't know, know who So she was the, the prophetess who stood alongside Moses and Aaron as one of the three main leaders of the Israelite nation as they left Jesus, or left Jesus, Egypt. left Egypt. <laughs> you leave Jesus if you want to. <laughs> left mm. Egypt. I'm sorry. And so that actually is in Exodus 15, 20. If anybody is trying to fact check me, I'm going to give y'all the address to these locations. <laughs> Deborah. Y'all know Deborah? Yes. For our listeners, Deborah stood as a judge before God on behalf of Israel during this time alongside Barak. How do we say Barak? Barak? Not, not Barak. Barak was in the Bible. Okay. A military authority. And so um, that's in Judges 4 4. And when I think of Deborah, I think that's like what's like the highest, the attorney. I don't know. I just feel like she was like the attorney, you know, general or something like that. Yeah. That's what I think of when they But said we don't she was have conversations about Deborah. Why does Deborah get lost in translation when, it, when we talk about women in the Bible? I have my reasons, but go ahead. Well, I have my, what I think is the case, but go ahead. You want to share that real quick? No, I want to hear your list because it's okay. interesting. <laughs> Holda. Y'all know who Holda was? Hold up. 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 Y'all, we need to shut this podcast down and go back to our prayer closet. Y'all know we have fun. Okay, what's her name again? Hold up. Hold up. Oh, I thought yes. she said, hold up, hold up, hold up. I was just, I was, was like, hold up. Wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> okay, who was holding? I really <laughs> hope our audience is laughing with us because this is great. So she was actually visited by the high priest, the scribe, and the servant of the king so they could obtain the word of the Lord on behalf of King Josiah. Oh, I was like, which king? Okay. Second Kings twenty two fourteen. Isaiah's wife. We don't know her name. Okay. But Good she point. was also a prophetess <laughs> and is known as Isaiah's wife. And they talk about her in Isaiah 8, 3. Elizabeth and Mary. So this interchange between Elizabeth, who's the mother of John the Baptist, Mm -hmm. and Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mm -hmm. resulted in exuberant praise. Were were they not? Yes, and prophesying concerning the destiny of Mary's child within. And so we see that in Luke one, verses forty-one through forty-two, and forty-six and forty-seven. Anna, y'all know Anna? No, you know Anna? You know Anna Brandon? Is she okay? Anna was the praying prophetess (laughs) who was present with Simeon the seer at the dedication of Jesus by his parents on his eighth day of life. So this is Luke 2, 36 through 38. And then Philip had four daughters who prophesied, which I think is bomb because Philip had four daughters Mm -hmm. that could. And all all four of them. Mm hmm. All four of them were prophetesses. Hidden figures. Hidden figures. That's what they are. Um, Their story is in Acts chapter 21. And then um, there are also, in addition to those prophetesses, there were 10 other impactful mentions of women's contributions in the Bible that we don't always hear. Have you heard of JL? No. Isn't this something? Did you know all these people? I know a JL, though. Did you know a all these biblical people? JL? Like I, I, 
I they talk about it, but they never really like went into it. That's it right there. We're gonna come back to that point. <laughs> I did not know JL. I was like, am I the only one that don't know these people? No. <laughs> and and part of the reason why we don't know these people is because we don't normalize the conversations about women and their contribution in the Bible because of the times and, and how the culture was in that time. So I think it's really even now, but go ahead. Well, and there's that. So she drove a tent peg through Sisera's head and delivered him into the hands of Barak. <laughs> so and Deborah had actually prophesied that the Lord would give Sisera to Barak. So so JL was the person who brought that truth. She's like a soldier. Good Lord. Literally. Don't cross JL. Women been Fight fighting for Panther. so long. <laughs> Hello, Wakanda. I'm like, but no, seriously, like women have been standing at the forefront for so long fighting these battles mm-hmm. and we still get overlooked. I know y'all know Abigail. That name rings a bell. She's someone's mama. So she was an advocate, and she pleaded the case of mercy on behalf of her wicked husband to David, who was run from King Saul. Oh, then I don't know who Abigail So that's First Samuel 25. Mm-hmm. Esther. We know Esther, right? Yes. Okay. So for our listeners who may not know, she was the godly queen who saved the entire Jewish race through her bold intercession and fasting, and she has a book named after her. And then, of course, the lovely Proverbs 31 woman. And I think we all have beat that one, like, on the head, for real. Like, we've pulped it, like, done. But she was skillful in household and business issues. I don't think we talk enough about she was a businesswoman. She was a boss. She was not just running around cleaning tables and serving dinner. Because we definitely go deep into that. Like, yo, she was out here busy, okay? She was very active. (laughs) Um, and so, obviously, there's the Proverbs 31 scripture. Love it. The woman at the well, we do talk about her. Um, some people actually see her as an evangelist noted in the Bible and as she went forth proclaiming the good news of Christ. John yeah, 4. by definition, yeah. Yeah. John, John 4 is her story. Mary Magdalene. We know Mary. My girl. We know Cousin Mary. <laughs> Mary. Um, she was one of the women who was first at the tomb, like Lindsay mentioned earlier. Um, and she was first to hear that he has risen and first to announce his resurrection. My girl, you know I love me some Mary. Yes, I did. She <laughs> announced his resurrection. Her story, Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Lydia. Y'all know Lydia? Mm-mm. Lydia was a wealthy businesswoman who was noted as the first convert in all of Europe. So her story is in Acts 16, 14 through 15. And this could be considered apostolic in nature. We got praise hands going on in the background. (laughs) And then you know um, Priscilla and Aquila. And the bee. Come on, Black Power. No, um, not Aquila and the B. I'm sorry. Um, I know how to spell, though. <laughs> <laughs> so Priscilla and Aquila were probably a husband and wife teaching team explaining the word of God with accuracy. And so hmm. we see that in Romans 16, 3 through 5. So also evangelists. Very much so. Hmm. Yep. And Phoebe. We know Phoebe? No. Phoebe was a deaconess who washed the feet a of the deaconess. saints. Oh, she had keys to it. And ro- right, <laughs> she had keys to the church. All right, time to get out. She was a deaconess who washed. Literally, she washed the feet of the saints in Romans sixteen, and she came highly recommended by Paul. Hmm. So all throughout I Old need to read and all New these scriptures. Testament. <laughs> 
we see literally women being used by God, their hands, their hearts, their minds, their ministries used by God. And I love that because unfortunately, I feel like our culture does a really good job of brainwashing us to think that the Bible is a men's text and that Ruth and Esther and Mary and Martha, they just make pop-up visits. But literally, (laughs) we are sprinkled all throughout his word. And I think that's really important to think about when we talk about women being nurturers. I think that is by design. Eve was literally created not only to help Adam, Thankfully, she did. But so that Adam wouldn't be lonely because lonely men are a mess. They're like toddlers. Not saying that men can't be alone, but if you lonely in a man, it's literally a sore sight to see. And so I thank God that he gave man Eve early on so that she could relieve some of that loneliness um, and then also be really essentially a nurturer to him Mm -hmm. and women have been doing that we've been fighting since the beginning and so when i think about how god sees women he clearly sees us as valuable and dynamic and worthy like he's literally using us to do his work and so i know we talk even about marriage like what does that look like why do women have to submit i know people hate the word submission i love submission i think submission is sexy i understand that people don't get it people don't necessarily feel that way But even when we talk about submitting, we talk about that as to say that women must be inferior, inferior or that we must um, remove ourselves and remove our identities. And that's not necessarily true. We should have talked about that in the myth one. But go ahead. I had it on my list. We didn't get (laughs) to it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. So um, God has always literally had a plan for women. I feel like he didn't know why would he create women. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but you know, some people think that he created women for the purpose of men. Mm -hmm. And that's not the truth. Like, we just went through over two, Mm -hmm. uh, approximately two dozen scriptures that talked about women doing stuff for the kingdom, not for man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that every living thing has a purpose. Yes, including God invested too much into you to not, Mm -hmm. like, why would he create you just to have you be a puppet? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, I hope this was empowering to our listeners since this is our women's empowerment session. <laughs> um, I'm going to pray this out. Anyone have any last thoughts of women? We, I've, Seriously, I do hope you feel empowered by this because that was actually eye-opening. <laughs> and I thought I knew a lot of other like women in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't think Mary Magdalene gets enough play, and I've said this a million times. I don't think... Rahab gets enough attention with Joshua. I don't, I just, her story just really resonated with me one day once I picked mm-hmm. it apart. But anyway, it could like literally go on and on and on. But again, it's not to, obviously not to diminish the women's light that we do talk about, such as Esther Ruth. They're just as powerful as all these other women. Yeah, but we're not named. competing no, with well, any I'm of them. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But, but I think, is. but I think that when we talk about women's empowering session, I mean, you just said, start out, you're like, we always talk about the roots as well about all these other women because it's not a competition. And so I think sometimes a woman might not be able to relate to Ruth's story, but maybe maybe they can relate to Deborah's story or mm-hmm. Abigail's story, you know, all mm-hmm. those other women you just named. So I do think it's important to unfold all of it. But again, it's not to diminish any of those other women. And I say that to say because a lot of women even now do tend to compete with one another. Mm-hmm. And for what, you know? 
We all can't be Ruth. We all not going to be Ruth. And that's okay. <laughs> be Lindsay. Be Nichelle. You know, be Josie. Be, mm-hmm. be Shelly. You know, like, I think part you. of the reason why we spend so much time competing instead of completing one another is because we don't see the representation of ourselves. So you just made a good point. Maybe you don't identify with Ruth, but maybe you would identify with Lydia or Mm -hmm. JL, right? Until we start to talk about the representation of these women and educate ourselves about them, we may not see ourselves in the Bible. Yeah. And so now you don't see yourself a part of this book that you're supposed to follow and a part of this this religious practice that you're supposed to allow to govern your life. And it becomes very challenging. And even outside of like, maybe you're like, okay, whatever. I'm really trying to live for God, but I'm still a woman. I'm still struggling. Mm -hmm. That's why I love me some Gabrielle union. I know everyone's not a huge fan of miss Gabby, but I love me some Gabrielle union. And I watched an interview with her where they asked her, you know, why were you so mean to people why were you just literally like an evil spawn like what was it and she identified that she was really mean and she caught herself she was like they labeled me as the b word and i'm like yeah i can get it i see why and she said partially it was because she felt like she always had to be at the top of her game and she always had to compete with the women around her because anytime someone walked into a space with a big personality That was too much for her to compete with. That was too much for her to go up against. So she just felt like she needed to knock everyone else off. Like she wasn't trying to be friends. She wasn't trying to be close to people. She was just literally trying to be the best. And she wanted everyone to know that Gabby was the best. I feel like women do that in our own ways. Maybe not necessarily to that extreme, but we find ways. And and not just women, but we're going to talk about women today. We find ways to make excuses for why we treat people a certain way, why we have certain habits, why we live our lives certain ways. And part of it is when we pray about these things, if we don't see representation of ourselves in the word, it becomes really hard to identify and to figure out, okay, who who am I like? Mm-hmm. Who's my motivation? Right? Yeah. And so I really want our listeners to, I don't know why I just started going on that no, you're fine. topic, but I really want our listeners um, to feel comfortable with who they are in the kingdom and what has God used you for. Maybe you don't need a podcast. Maybe you don't need a ministry. Maybe you're that person who's literally just giving out hugs in Bloomington. Shout out to Jamie. That's what she does. Need a hug. Jamie has a button that says, I'll give you a hug or need a hug. And she just does that. That's her way of showing love to people. Whatever your story may be, it doesn't have to be some super like, you know, I witnessed Jesus's resurrection. Maybe you were just literally a businesswoman who brought, I don't know, revenue or strength to your community. Mm. All women matter. Hashtag. I do want to reference an episode in the back that we had about comparison. And you are literally an encyclopedia of episodes. I love it. Hey, and it was episode <laughs> 104. It was called Be Yourself Because Everyone Else Is Taken. So mm-hmm. if you need a reference episode of competition between women and how there's no room for that in the kingdom go back to that but i'm not gonna talk about gabrielle union i'm not a fan so i'm gonna pray us out <laughs> love you gabby <laughs> lord god we just thank you for creating us as women we thank you for empowering us and to be able to use the gifts and the tools that you have uniquely and specifically designed for each and every one of us and that there was always room in the kingdom for all of us to soar and for all of us to dwell in and to live in a 
harmonious community, Lord God. And Lord God, just thank you for our listeners. I ask that you have them feel empowered by you and to give them strength when they are feeling weak, Lord God. I ask that you just allow these words to resonate with someone, whoever whoever needed to hear it. And Lord God, I ask that you continue to be with our listeners throughout the rest of this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we will catch y'all next week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in.